0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Bible Study. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico. A beautiful, sunshiny day, not a cloud in the sky. And I'm just thankful for all that God is doing. Last week, we were speaking about rejoicing in Him and who He is and what He's done for us. Today, we're continuing on in that discussion. We're talking about grace, the grace of our mighty God. Before we get started, I want to pray. So let's go ahead. Father God, we just come before you and we thank you for who you are, that it is not by might or power, but it is by your Spirit that we can do anything at all. It is by your supernatural strength that we are transformed into the likeness of our Messiah. Thank you, Father, for transforming us, for changing us, for placing your Spirit within us to do a good work, for transforming our hearts and our minds every single day. We thank you for your grace that it is not something that we earned, it's not something that we can duplicate. It is not something of ourselves, but it is because of your power, your might. We invite your Holy Spirit into this session. We invite your Holy Spirit to have liberty and to speak to hearts. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Open our ears. Open our eyes. (laughs) Open our hearts to receive what it is that you are speaking, what it is that you are telling us, awaken your wisdom and your truth and your understanding, Father. We just find anything that would try to hinder us from receiving what it is that you would be speaking to us in this hour, and we just give you praise and glory, and we magnify and bless you in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you all for tuning in again. This one is titled, Grace, and I love that word. We need the grace of God in our lives every day. To transform us, to grow us, to teach us. By grace, we are saved. It's not of ourselves. It's not of ourselves, and it's by the Holy Spirit that anything good in us is accomplished. He transforms us through salvation and then compels and changes our heart, changes our thoughts, changes our direction, changes our desires. This is an act of divine influence. This is an act of God. This is not something that we just come up with. And I know that before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I had a different character and different qualities. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit of God, He began to transform my thoughts, my attitudes, my vision, what I watched, what I ate, what I put before my ears, the things that I used to do, lost luster, and the things that were of God's kingdom became attractive, became what I desired. I desired more of the Holy Spirit. I desired to help people. I desired to care for them. This was something that He did in me. It was not something that I could do on my own and that is grace. That is grace in action. That is the grace of God that compels us to walk in faith. That compels us to obey. I desired to do God's ways. I desired to read the Word. I desired to live more holy. These are all things that God did. His Holy Spirit compelled me too. And it's not something that we can do when we try to do it in our own strength or of the flesh. It becomes theology. It becomes religion. It becomes something that we're trying to effort, trying to Earn And that is not grace. Thank God we have been saved by the grace of God that compels us into anything good. I've been looking at Proverbs 31 and we're familiar with it. It's the Proverbs wife or the description of a woman of God, a woman of valor, a woman of integrity. And it's always been equated to women. But a few years ago, the Holy Spirit really breathed on that chapter and began to show me that that was not just a description of a good wife. It's description of the bride, the bride of Yeshua, the bride that he is preparing, the bride that he is getting ready for his coming. So that applies to his church. That applies to you, to me, male, female. He is preparing in the spirit a bride. And when we begin to look at Proverbs 31 in that way and breaking down the different words in there in Hebrew, we get a fuller understanding of what he has been doing in our lives. When i first saw this two and a half years ago, I was blown away because I remember reading that same chapter years ago, right after I had encountered the Holy Spirit. I read Proverbs 31, and I remember, wow, I am nothing like this person that is being described in this chapter. And then years later, reading it again and saying, whoa, this is what God has been doing in my heart, in my life. This is what he's been transforming me into. And all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, you've been making me your bride. You've been preparing me and my character and transforming my thoughts and my behaviors and my attitudes. And this is something that you've been doing in me. And I was just blown away. That's when I had the revelation that it's something that he is doing in his bride to prepare us to have white robes, to have these qualities. And we're going to look at those qualities. We're going to read Proverbs 31. This is something that is done divinely by the grace of God. When you look up the word grace in Greek, it is haris, and it means divine influence on the heart and its reflection upon life. And let me read that again. Divine influence on the heart and its reflection in life. So we see from that description in the Greek that it's the divine influence of the Holy Spirit of God, and it's reflecting in your life. And that is what the grace of God does. Transforms us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Causes us to walk out in obedience the ways of God. And it's not something that we earned and that we do in our own strength. It is something that is supernatural. And he's doing this on the earth. And he's preparing us. And those qualities that aren't of him, they get burnt off. They get removed. The situations, the scenarios, the attitudes, the different things that we desire begin to shed if they're not in alignment with what God has for us as his children. He is preparing a bride. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. That's why we go through fires and different changes and transformations and we get pruned and we get transformed like clay in the potter's hands because he's positioning us, preparing us for all that he has in store for his coming. Amen. Proverbs 31, 10 through 20 he says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good not harm. All the days of her life, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her husband and plan the day's work for her servant girl. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisting fibers, She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. So, of course, on the outside it seems like a woman who is busy making clothes, preparing food, buying fields. She's one that can be trusted. When I began to study this out two and a half years ago, I was really taking the words and breaking them down in Hebrew to get a deeper understanding of what this was speaking of and how that relates to us. So first of all, virtuous is hayil, and it means a force, strength, an army, a virtuous wife. She is a force. She is a strength. She is strong in the power of the might of the spirit of God. She is filled with the Holy Spirit. She is more valuable than precious, fine jewels. When you look up that word in Hebrew, it's rubies, which is ponine. It means pearl. It just reminds me of that parable that we read about, the pearl of great price, which was a parable of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is within us. It is a valuable pearl. In fact, this scripture is saying that she's more valuable valuable than precious gold. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit and the kingdom is within us, it causes us virtue. It causes us to have great value in the sight of our God and in the sight of the kingdom of heaven, in the sight of eternity. Amen. He is living and dwelling within us. It says that the heart of the husband trusts her. That word is batak. It means he's confident. He's sure. He's secure. She enriches his life. Can you imagine as we are trustworthy brides, sons and daughters of the kingdom, that it brings enrichment to the bridegroom, confidence, sureness, he is secure in his relationship with us because we are trustworthy and we trust in him. When we trust in him, it causes us to be trustworthy brides. We trust and put our faith and our hope in him. We obey him. Hallelujah. She has no lack. She brings her husband good, not harm, all the days of her life. Glory to God. When we know who provides for us and when we are the bride, we know that we have no lack in him, that we bring him good the days of our life, not evil, but good. She finds wool in flax and works with her hands. She's making clothes. She's finding fine fabrics for her family and she makes clothes for them with her hands. And of course, this is a physical picture of her clothing her family in beauty and clothing them in quality. And also it's just a picture spiritually of being clothed in righteousness. When we are brides, that that extends to our family, that extends to those around us, that we work with our hands, with our power to clothe ourselves, to clothe others in righteousness. Hallelujah! She brings food, lechem, bread, fruit, and sustenance and nutrients from afar like merchant ships. She rises before dark and prepares food for her household, and plans the day for her servant girls. Obviously, I don't have any servants, but we might have people that we co-labor with, that co-labor and serve with us in ministry or in work or in workplaces or in our family. This is speaking to me of rising, of not sleeping, not slumbering, but being prepared and also providing food, spiritual nourishment, physical nourishment with our families, hallelujah, with those around us. The bread of life also spiritually speaks of the bread. You're sharing about the gospel of Yeshua. You're sharing his word, his life. You're sharing words of life and sustenance to those around us on the daily, getting words from scripture in the morning, praying early and sharing that with others and extending that out to those that you love. Labor with. She considers a field and buys it. Again, we're talking about that metaphor where there was a treasure that was hidden within a field, and that a man found that treasure and he sells everything that he has to purchase this field that has this treasure within it. That's a beautiful picture of the bride who also considers a field and she's willing to lay down her life as she knows it to purchase this. field this treasure with great price to plant a vineyard in it that it would be fruitful so she is fruitful she sows she plants she reaps she harvests she knows what truly matters as we lay down the things of this world oh we gain greater kingdom treasure we might pay a high price to lay down the things of ourselves to die daily to our flesh and our fleshly desires because we desire for the eternal kingdom, something greater. She's energetic and strong and bold and a hard worker. Through the strength of Yahweh, she is strengthened by the grace of God, the spirit of God that is within her. Another version says she girds herself in strength. And when you look up that word "gird," it's Chagar. It means she puts on strength and armor. And we put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, belted truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel shoes, we're robed in righteousness, garmented in praise, anointed in joy. The armor is our strength. And those are all pictures of putting on Yeshua, putting on faith, putting on the sword of the spirit, Which is the word putting on truth, putting on the gospel of peace shoes, going out to declare with boldness and courage, with strength, who our God is. This is a picture of a bride that is clothed in Him. Putting Him on causes us to work in the strength, in the power of His might, to be bold, to be energetic. Her dealings are profitable, and that means there's fruit. There's fruit in the kingdom. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, when we are obediently following him and his ways, and the Spirit of God dwells within us, we are fruitful. There is fruit that is tangible. There's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control that comes out in our dealings, that comes out in the natural and in the spiritual realms. There is fruit. Her lamp burns into the night, meaning she is working. She is not slumbering. She is consistently in prayer, consistently standing watch, standing guard. This is a faithful bride. Her lamp is not going out. She's got her lamps and her oil filled. Hallelujah. She stands waiting. For her bridegroom to come. She's standing watch day and night. She extends her hand to the poor and to the needy with open arms. She extends herself. James said true religion was to visit the orphans, to take care of the widowed, the fatherless. It's all throughout the scriptures the poor, the needy. If we don't have a heart for those who are poor, spiritually poor, physically poor, and needy, then we might be operating in the wrong spirit because the Spirit of God that is within us compels us to care, compels us to love, compels us to desire to help those that are in need. Oh, we read about the religious all throughout the scriptures that didn't want to touch the needy, didn't want to touch the poor, didn't want to get unclean, didn't want to get their hands dirty. And yet, Yeshua, Jesus, our great high priest, he would go to the those who were in need, that were hungry, that were poor, that were needy. And he had a heart of the Father, a heart of love. He was God in the flesh. How much more when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us that we desire to extend ourselves to those who are poor, who are needy, who are hungry, that are naked. Hallelujah. So we can see that the Spirit of God that is within us transforms us, causes us to walk in him in strength, in power. Power and might to be valuable in the kingdom filled with the Holy Spirit caring for our communities caring for those around us Not just in our own families, but in our communities and abroad in the nation It is the spirit of God his grace that compels us into that desire to declare of his salvation and his righteousness to the ends of the earth We read about Paul Paul had such an encounter and such a transformation in his life and he was coming. Compelled, Oh, he was compelled by the grace that transformed him and by that encounter that he had with Yeshua to go to the ends of the world to declare the gospel. And that is something that he compels us to do. And we can testify of what he's done in our lives to others. And that is truth. It is not something that we're trying to come up with. It's not theology. It is not a religion that we're following. It's an experience. You transformed my life. You took me me and transformed me from what I was to what I am now. And you're still transforming me. I was a sinner and you transformed me. And now I have a testimony to share with others of your saving power, your transforming power. I have something to talk about with those who are around me. I have something to encourage them with because you have the power to save, heal, deliver, and set us. Glory to God. And we read about this in Romans 15, 18 through 21, where Paul is talking about how he came to declare of what God has done in him. For I would not dare to say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed for the obedience of of the Gentiles by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. As a result, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem all the way around to Ilruchim. My aim is to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named so that I will not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. And I don't know about you, but I have a burning desire to declare the gospel of salvation and the mighty works of God to those who are around me. And we have done that as we have traveled on missions throughout the United States, going from Chicago to LA, LA to New York, New York, and back, back to Kansas City, and back to Colorado Springs to Carlsbad. God has been sending us out on missions for six months now, and I am compelled by the Holy Spirit that is within me to declare of the Spirit of God and His power. And I like how Paul says, I would not dare to say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed for the obedience of the Gentiles. So he's talking about an experience, an encounter, something real. And we can testify of what God has done in us by his spirit, how he has led us in obedience to follow him and his ways and his words, and how that has translated into ministering to nations, ministering in the United States, ministering to people that we've been led to by the Holy Spirit, divine appointments that you cannot make this kind of stuff up because we're living it we're experiencing we're walking it out firsthand through the grace and the power of the holy spirit of God it is his wonderworking power he is the hope of glory his spirit alive in us hallelujah that is the kingdom of God that is within us compelling us to go out to be obedient to him from glory to glory from faith to faith obedience to the faith by the grace that we have been saved and he is calling his People In this hour, hallelujah, he is gathering his remnant. He is gathering his watchmen. He is gathering those who have been faithful. He is calling us together. Hallelujah. He's gathering his people from the north and the remote parts of the earth that they would proclaim his promises throughout the globe. He is calling and rising up the mighty army to declare of his good works, to declare of his wonder-working power and his salvation. Jeremiah 31, 6 through 10 says, For there will be a day when the watchmen on the hills of Ephraim cry out, Arise and let us go up to Zion to the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and shout for the first and foremost of the nations, the chosen people. Israel, proclaim, give praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I am bringing them from the north country and I will gather them from the remote parts of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, the woman with child and she who labors in childbirth together, a great company. They will return here to Jerusalem. They will come with weeping in repentance and for joy and by their prayer for the future. I will lead them. I will make them walk. Walk by streams of water on a straight path in which they will not stumble. For I am a father to Israel and Ephraim. Israel is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles and the coastlands far away and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. This is a beautiful promise of what God does with us. He gathers us. He saves us. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He calls us together to worship him in spirit and in truth, to sing to him, to pray to him, to praise him. He draws us out, and he's going to do this in the natural. Yes, he also does this in the spiritual realm. He causes his people to return to him, to that place of, oh, holy Mount Zion, that place of worship, that place of praise, that place of of repentance, that place of turning to him, the blind, the lame, the woman and the child, a great company, that they return to him and to Jerusalem. And then he's saying, hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, declare it in the isles and coastlands far away. He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flocks. That is such a mighty promise. We have been scattered throughout the four corners of the the earth, and he is gathering his people home. He is gathering his people back to his heart. He is gathering his people, and we are called to declare it just like he called you, just like he changed you transformed you and continues to do so and he encourages us to declare of his salvation to the coastland to the nations he calls us so because we have a testimony of his transforming power a bride who has been prepared a bride that he is gathering from the four corners of the earth to worship him in spirit and in truth thank you father for your transforming power thank you for your goodness we give you praise we give you glory Thank you that you are gathering your people. You are gathering those to turn to you, to turn to you again in repentance, to encounter your grace, your love, that grace that changes us, that grace that transforms us, that grace that shifts our hearts back to you, that causes us to rejoice as we gather to you, Father, that you are calling us in this hour. Those who have been scattered to come, that you will keep us as a shepherd, keeps his flock. Thank you, Father, for your faithful love for your people. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing upon this earth and for who you are. We give you praise and glory in Yeshua's mighty name. Thank you all for tuning in. I pray that this study has blessed you. I pray that you have a beautiful and blessed weekend